we were advised to do the exchanges of our son like in a in a public place so we do it in the part uh the police station parking lot in this episode we will talk about leaving an abusive relationship having a narcissistic partner and knowing that this will happen again with the next victim we'll dive right into faith echo's courageous story where she tells how she was able to leave initially understanding that there's no cure for a narcissistic disorder and living her best life as she best as she can. Be sure to listen in for all the details. Hello, my wonderful beasties. It's Tina, your host. Welcome to the Courageous Inner Beast, the place we get charged up with courage by calling in your inner beast. Today, we have Faith Echo. Hi, Faith. Please introduce yourself. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, so my name is Fake Ethel. I am a social worker for over 20 years, and I'm a trauma recovery coach. I help people who have been through narcissistic abuse, and I give them coping skills, and I share a bit of my experience to give them hope and show them how they can get out and be happy and healthy and actually thrive and be able to heal from the abuse that they've gone through with a narcissist. Yes. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that. So what is your one courageous story you wanted to share today? So my courageous story is I was in a relationship, a four-year relationship with a narcissist. Mm. Um, for like the first year, everything was amazing. He was like loving and doting and we moved in together and we had a child together and he was a very hands-on parent, like super interested in me and what I was doing and proud of my job. And somewhere along the line, things just very slowly started to shift. What and he, this was probably like a year into our relationship. Mm. Um, everything seemed to become about him. Every decision was made upon what he wanted. He no longer helped with the baby or like stuff around the house. He became very controlling and did not want me to go out with my friends or family. Um, he did not want me working anymore. So I was doing telehealth at the time. So what he would do is he would mess with the internet. So I kept losing connection with my clients. Really? And yeah, so I wasn't able to show up for my job and eventually I was let go. Oh my God. Mm. Yeah. Terrible. Oh. And then um, he started making me think like I was mentally ill. So he'd be like, I don't even know how you think you can work with people who need mental health help because you are so severely like gone. You're the one that needs help in antipsychotics, um, antipsychotics, oh. like to like stabilize, um, like mood. Mm -mm -mm. And then every day started put downs, like you're worthless. You're a piece of garbage. Like you're never going to amount to wife material. Um, you're broken. So slowly he was like eroding my self-esteem 
And I tried to like do better and he'd set the goalposts higher. Like nothing I ever did was good enough for him. Mm-mm-mm. I always felt like I was being watched, but it wasn't until after I got a restraining order and he moved out of the house that I hired private investigators to come to the house. And sure enough, there were hidden video recorders all over the house, tape recorders. How many? How many did you find? Oh, my gosh. There was at least five that we could find. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Over the house. And not, um, and not telling you about it. To, yeah, it's like he's making sure. Damn. <laughs> and I have no idea what he thought he was going to catch me doing. Mm-hmm. He put a GPS tracker on my car. So he knew where I was at all times. Oh, he put gosh. something on the garage door so he could see literally when I left the house, what time I came back. He found a way to hack into my phone. So he could hear my phone calls, read my texts, my email, like just violated in every sense of the word. And I couldn't figure out, I'm like, am I going crazy? Am I just causing all of this drama? And yeah, he would scream at me so much that my three-year-old started to develop a stutter. And he started, you can develop a stutter from how how do you develop a stutter from that it's it's a trauma response for little kids when they're around like hostile environments mm-hmm. his dad was getting worse and like screaming at me in front of our son calling me names he'd start throwing things so Ooh. both my son and I were like always walking on eggshells because mm-hmm. we never knew what would set him off yeah. and then some days he w- could be super super loving and yeah. buy gifts and I was like all right maybe there is hope maybe mm-hmm. he was having a bad day or stressed out and took it out on me and but the cycle just kept continuing and say for example I would leave like my cell phone on the dining room table yeah both when I'd come back my cell phone wouldn't be there so I would ask him I'd be like have you seen my cell phone and he's like no so I'd search the entire house and then come back and my cell phone was back on the dining room table. Morosley <laughs> just shows up out of nowhere. A magician just came out. Yeah. So he's um, like, see, you're, you're severely losing it. You're losing your mind. And I came to find out that's gaslighting 101. Yeah. So um, I started to do a crap ton of research. And I came across the term narcissistic personality disorder. Mm. I'm sure people hear the word narcissist all the time, like thrown around there. And most of us think it's just an arrogant, conceited person. They they Mm -hmm. don't realize how much darker it goes. Like these people are emotionally, physically, psychologically, like abusive. Yeah they always have like an agenda to get like what they want. They have no remorse, no empathy. Like they're like sociopaths. Yeah. And they can never, ever admit when they're wrong. And if anybody has a different opinion, like they go into a full on rage. Yeah. Wait, it's so just- how, how did you, how were you, were you 
were you able to research somewhere else than at home based on like his characteristics and qualities? Because you said you were researching. So was he, does he have access to the internet and browsing where you, what you were doing too? Exactly. So I would go to a friend's house mm -mm -mm. and I would use her computer yeah. and I listened to podcasts and articles. And I was like, oh my God, this is who he is. Mm. Yeah. And the saddest thing for me was to realize that the person I fell in love with, like never, ever actually existed. And the saddest also part is that there is absolutely no cure for narcissistic personality disorder. No? There is no cure. Really now? Because so how, do you, so how do you, I mean, like, of course, I mean, like logical stance that like you can just step away and like ignore that person. But if you're the person who, how do you... How do you like handle yourself <laughs> in that sense? You know, I'm curious about that too. Um, well, when I would try to like get away to mm -hmm. like step back, mm -hmm. he would hide my car keys mm. so I couldn't get out. He would pause my cell phone service. Yeah. So I had nowhere to go. He would um, take the starter out of my car. So. Ooh. If I didn't have the car keys, I couldn't leave. And then one day, I don't even remember what we were disagreeing about. I think it's because I didn't text him back immediately. Yeah. He was like, be very careful because at any time I can put eye drops in your drink. And I was like, what? what is right? Like, what a weird, ominous thing to say. Yeah. I'm just, I remember like during our... During our pre, like we were talking about that, the eye drops, I was confused. What was that again? About like the eye drops? Yeah, it seems so. It's so weird. Almost yeah. Behind it again. And like, no, who would ever know? So I was watching Dateline, ironically, a week later, and there was a case where a woman had poisoned her husband with eye drops and he died. Because Damn. what happens is um, there's something called tetrahydroxide in eye drops. Mm -hmm. So the purpose of eye drops, right, is to restrict the blood vessels in your eyes. So what it does is it starts to restrict things in your body and it starts to slow down your breathing and your heart pressure. And then eventually it just, your body shuts down and you die. How many do you know? How many drops do you know? that it would take or is it just one drop and all of a sudden boom all the restrictions of your body i think it's like over a couple of days you just add a little bit at a time oh it's like a slow death kind of thing oh that is yes yes but it just but then the fact that he threatened you with that is like i can't i'm getting shivers from that <laughs> Oh my God. and again this is somebody you think is like your person you're in love with you trust yeah. them and then you always have the sense of like needing to get away from them yeah. and um there's actually june 1st is national narcissistic abuse awareness day mm -mm -mm. which is giving me so much hope that people are finally going to be able to figure out that it's real severe like 
almost deadly disorder. Um, there's support groups for this. Like that's how bad this um this disorder truly is. Yeah. So um yes, when I said there was no cure, it's because pretend like an addict, right? Mm-hmm has something negative that's seriously affecting every area of their life. First, they need to realize, you know, I have a problem. They need to realize they need help and they need to actually put in the work and want to change. Yeah. Narcissists have zero self-awareness, so they can never go inwards and reflect. Oh, maybe I am doing some stuff that's harming because no, nothing is, ever their fault they are always the victims and they're just bad bad guys Mm. bad guys is it have you ever so is it both genders you know statistically do you know both genders or is it just mainly men who have it or women 80 85 percent of narcissists are men Mm. oh that's that's a large percentage it absolutely is yeah huh. I'm curious of why too but I can just research that on my own <laughs> so I can do that on my own um so when wait so when was this exactly so like you said it was four years that you were in in, this, in a relationship with him you were in a relationship not married or anything like that but you have a kid with him you have yes. a with him. yeah so, so when... oh, I'm sorry oh no I'm just curious of like when was this and like how long, like, I guess the whole process of it, too. Like, how how long was the relationship? And then when did you realize, okay, I need to get out? And how did you get out, too? So, yes, we were together four years ago. Oh, no, we were together four years. It's been two years since I was able to escape. Mm-mm. And I use the word escape because there is no breaking up with narcissists because they won't let you go even though they've made it cure pure I'm sorry clear that they no longer want you so they'll break up with you and then they'll hoover you back in like with promises I love you I'm going to change and then they don't and then they usually have what's called a fresh supply so they always have someone waiting in the corner for when this relationship falls apart they just completely quickly move on to the next quote-unquote victim Mm -hmm. so after all of my research and then I saw how it was affecting my son and he also physically attacked my oldest son one night oh yeah two sons mm -hmm, Mm -mm -mm. 20-year-old from a different um partner yes And then I just saw how much weight I was losing. I lost 30 pounds. I was not sleeping. Like I was just constantly like hijacked mentally by this guy. And I could no longer show up for my sons. I could no longer show up for myself. So all of this started to the wheels in motion to leave. And then one night he went to try to punch me and I ducked in time. Yeah. And then he started to pack a suitcase and I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm taking our son away tomorrow morning. And I was like, "Um, where? He was like, don't worry about it. I'm like, with who and for how long? Don't worry about it. 
So right there, the light bulb went off. I was like, I need to escape. So I slept in a different bedroom that night. And how, I, how did he, do you usually sleep in a different, different bedroom? Did he pick up why? Like, no, no. He was like, you're not sleeping in the bed tonight. And he like threw pillows at me and like spat in my face. He's like, go sleep in your son's room. So I was like, okay. I was trying to yeah, a a blessing in disguise that he just, here you go. So I have never been that terrified in my life, but I had to like remain as calm as I could. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. So I called my friend. I was like, can you please come to my house at three in the morning, drive up with your headlights off so I know that it's you. And then I'm going to grab my son and we're just going to run like hell. Yeah. Oh, I was sitting there rocking my son, like looking out of the window. It seemed like hours, like trembling so bad. I don't even know how I like held on to him. And then when I saw the her pull up without the headlights, I picked my son up out of his bed and just ran like hell. And we got into her car and we drove to her place. And Wait, did like, you did you have to um did you just went through the front door or like is there a way that you had to so he didn't pick up that you left or whatnot? I went through the front door because if I had gone from the garage, it would have made like a, huge a lot of noise. Sound. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason I asked her to pick me up was because I didn't know if he was going to hide my keys or take out the starter. And even if he didn't, I wanted didn't want to have to mess around with like the car seat and have him catch yeah. me. So the next morning I called my lawyer and I told him every single thing that had happened. And he said, go immediately to the court and get a restraining order. Yeah. Thank God I was allowed to do. And it was thank- thankfully because a a law had just been passed. It's called Jennifer's Law. So she was a mother who went missing. And there she had called the police and anybody she could think of to, for help. She's like, this guy's going to do something to me. Nobody believed her. So they never found her body and her abuser ended up killing himself. But because of that, something called coercive control was added to the definition of domestic violence, meaning domestic violence is not just physical. So it includes psychological, mental, emotional abuse and all of that. And that you can also get restraining orders for. Mm -hmm. So that marked an enormous positive step towards bringing awareness and hopefully helping save lives because millions and millions of people are killed by their abusers. Definitely. It's like a murder, kind of like murder suicide kind of thing where mm-hmm. they kill them and then they kill themselves. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. only I only want you in this, in my life. And then bam. Exactly. Um, yeah. So then you were able to leave, leave. Um, you were able to leave into your friend's house call your lawyer and everything how long did it take I guess the process of that like did he ever reach out to you or yet you put the restraining order right but then did he ever try to reach out to you stuff like that well once the restraining orders filed we had to go Mm -hmm. back to court so he can come Mm -hmm. anywhere near the house contact me nothing Mm -hmm. 
we went back to the court and were able to figure out. So I was allowed to stay in the house for 30 days. He could not come anywhere near me. Oh, your house. Well, the house was in his name. Oh, okay. So I was able to stay in the house. I was able to use the car that was also in his name. Yeah. And after a month, thank God, I was able to find my own place to live. So we were advised to do the exchanges of our son, like in a in a public place. So we do it in the par- uh, the police station parking lot. Yeah. So that we're safe. We only communicate via a family app, which is mm-hmm. viewed by lawyers and judges and it can't be erased or edited and it literally took me one year and a half before I was able to look him in the eyes and like I developed such PTSD like I still to this day feel like I'm being followed or like tape recorded and I just like loud noises scare me and it's hard to be in public you know but at the same time I'm so scared when I'm alone so I've been in therapy and it's been helping and I wrote a memoir about this. It's called Rising from Ashes, A Testament of Strength and Survival After Narcissistic Abuse because I want to help people, women especially, because that's what I relate to. I want to help them recognize the red signs. I want them to see that there is hope in getting out. I want yeah. them to see that it is not their fault and what things sort of helped me and what things didn't help me. And I just want them to know they can live happy, healthy, peaceful lives and thrive because it is our birth given right. For sure, your book um, will be in the show notes <laughs> so that everyone can see and where it is to find it and read it. Because, yeah, what your, your experience is right now with how you had to like handle and deal with your him back mm-hmm. then it's like wow like just a lot so how much happened i could see like where you can get the ptsd from mm-hmm. of, like, how how can i be safe in this environment because is he gonna be here is it was it mostly because you were scared like, he'll be coming back or just like overall like anyone around you that were overall anyone and like mm-hmm. I would have horrible nightmares I nightmares I'd wake up screaming and sweating and mm-hmm. I mean no and then my poor little boy would come running to my bed and like caress my face He'd be like mom are you okay are you okay and yeah so eventually I was put on um prescription medications that they actually give war vets to like help me with my nightmares and help me sleep and God, it's just a nightmare Oh my gosh. Oh my god. <laughs> and you said what was it just recently? You said it's been four years, but it's been four years, so 2019. So or... I got out two years ago. So oh. 1920. Oh, tw- <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're back in we're back in the the <sighs> god, what year was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in 2021 right 2021 you were able to get out and so just recently this year like the beginning of this year you were feeling comfortable to in the eyes like okay and then that's it yeah i mean i still wear sunglasses but at least i can look up 
and make eye contact. Like before I just yeah. like we, the place or we were meeting to drop my son off and I would take my son out of his car seat and just put him in my lap mm-hmm. so that when his dad drove up, I just opened the door and let him walk to his dad so that I didn't have to like get out and mess around with the car seat. And it's yeah. just, do you know any like like has your son how your son is probably still fairly young but He's has five now five has he ex, has he expressed to you what like his experience with his dad or like just whatever it is that's been going on between within the family well I know his dad has a new girlfriend now mm-hmm so when I first moved here, my son adjusted so well. I think he was very relieved mm. to be out of that situation. He was happy to see me happy and present and being with him. Yeah. But now that his dad has a girlfriend, it sort of opened up a can of worms. Like, so why aren't you and my dad together anymore? Mm. Like, whose idea was it to leave? And it's very hard to explain it to him. I will never, ever, ever badmouth his father to him. Yeah. And I don't want to lie and just say, oh, just because we did. So I try to developmentally appropriately explain to him, you know, that sometimes yeah. two people can't be together. And, but I don't think that my ex will hurt my son because I was the trigger. Yeah. I was the one that brought off the monster. So if I'm not there, I pray to God that my son is protected yeah because that's his his own flesh and blood and so mm-hmm. he if you know if traditionally he would want to move the or like have his name move forward or however it is traditionally we were thinking but yeah yeah we just hope you know that he he is protected, but so, but then I'm assuming your son hasn't said anything. Not not, not saying like you wouldn't badmouth your your ex, but more how he felt during the time he was still fairly young, right? So he was five now. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I'm just, I'm just curious if like did he ever tell you like, hey, how he felt, or maybe just he hasn't processed yet, process it yet, because he's still yeah. so young. So young, he's so mm-hmm. young. Um, I'm sure someday he'll have questions for me and I can find a way to answer them appropriately. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So how are you now? So thank you for sharing briefly that story. It's powerful because I can't even imagine. (laughs) So like, just like, you know, because like you said, like sometimes narcissism can be just thrown around everywhere, but it can't be... Like you said, with, with your situation, it's like dead on. Like, mm-hmm. this is what he has. And also kind of scared for the girlfriend too now, because like you mentioned. Like, oh, absolutely. I, it breaks my heart because I know she's she's going to go through the exact same thing that I went through. And I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Yeah. Like, Is there any way, like, I'm just curious, like, have you ever thought of, like, telling her, don't be with him, don't be with him, I experienced this, I experienced this, or? I would love to, I don't know her name, I've never met her. Yeah. Um, yeah, but she does need to know, and I hope for her it's sooner rather than later. Yeah. 
hopefully if she were to meet your son, maybe she'll have like a light bulb. But I don't know. I'm just like thinking, you know, if I really don't want anyone to go through what you went through. I think, you know, and like in any situation of it, it's like, it's, you're trying to live your best life. Mm-hmm. Why suffer so much in, mm-hmm. you know, in that kind of environment? And I just feel so sad too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so also, so how are you now? So it's been a year, it's been two years now. How mm-hmm. are you now in regards of like mentally, physically and everything now? I am the best I've ever been like writing this book, knowing that I'm going to help people has been so empowering and liberating. Yeah. I have not only found my voice, but can speak my voice and hopefully yeah. give a voice to others who are still finding theirs. Yeah. Um, I am so at peace because yeah. I was just living on eggshells for so long and I'm happy. Like I can do what I want. I can hang out with my friends. I'm building a new relationship with my boys again, like living in the moment and having that self-worth and self-love that I struggled so hard to find. And just knowing that I will never be put in a situation like that ever again. Yeah. I was curious of like, what was the first thing that you did when to heal yourself? I would go to the beach a lot, Mm. a lot and talk to the universe and I'd be like I don't know what to do so I'm putting my faith in you guys I know you have my back and Mm -hmm. please send me the right people and the right opportunities to my life to help me move forward with my boys and be safe and arrive at wherever you guys feel would be best for us Mm. so just having a lot of faith and being validated like telling my story has like yeah. really helped me um yeah and I just leaned into friends a lot I got back into yoga so slowly but surely I started finding myself again and that was very healing and therapeutic that's good <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm I can feel it like as you were talking about that I felt it like using everything you mentioned to kind of get to where you are now I feel it from you that you're in a such an amazing place yes yeah yeah I want others to know that if they're going through this they too can pull out of it it's very scary it's the most painful thing I've ever been in in my entire life yeah it's absolutely worth it to get out to the other side even if you don't know what that looks like that's okay just continue to have faith and never give up on yourself yeah it's such such wise words it's just have faith thank you i mean your name is faith so (laughs) despite um having mo in the corner having the name mo (laughs) i need to fix that (laughs) but thank you so much faith for sharing your story and honestly it's like damn you know it's (laughs) like really though it's like how like being you know where you went what you went through like I really can't have any like feels anyone going through that it's just like 
and like you said like the emotional abuse too it's like and mm -hmm. well both for you it looks like it was both for you mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. i can't put i can't wish that upon anyone like you said i really can't no not at all and emotional abuse i think is so much worse than physical abuse i mean physical abuse is horrible but at least bones heal and yeah. like bruises fade and but words that are spoken to you, like those scars are for life. Like you yeah. cannot hear things and that it stays, very, it stays with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Man. But yeah, thank you Faith for sharing your story and just being here. I was wondering like, what is your one takeaway that you would like to share with the audience? Is don't ever stay in a relationship if it doesn't feel right and don't ever think that you should stay in a relationship for the kids on the contrary we need to leave for the kids because they are so malleable at this age and they deserve a sturdy peaceful foundation to start their life on mm. yeah yeah that's a big that, thank you for sharing that takeaway because a lot of a lot of um a lot of a lot stays because of their kids thinking that mm -hmm. they need a family to not be broken that they need the other parent you know but yes no i couldn't agree more on that as well yeah definitely but thank you thank you faith thank, thank you so much for having me here so that i can tell my story and for giving me a platform in which to tell it so i appreciate you so much of course. And I want your story to be known that so that everyone else can understand and inspires like, like, was like, holy shit, I'm going through that right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. How am I going to do what, what am I going to do next? Because or like just having that you said motion going, you know, so that yeah. this is all right, like a, a seed has been planted. Mm, now, exactly. how do I go from here? You know, and so Thank you, thank you. And yes, I I love having you here. It was amazing just hearing your story. So. Thank you. <laughs> but thank and you. And it's great, it's great what you do too, to have this podcast, this show, to allow people to tell their courageous stories because you know we're all warriors underneath. And yes. it's very nice to for humanity to sort of share that. Yeah. And sometimes we just need it to be heard so that we can still get inspired regardless exactly. of and so exactly thank you thank you thank you everyone for listening in and just being here with us if you enjoyed our conversation please review wherever you're listening and look out for new episodes every tuesday on the courageous inner feast thank you for listening in if you enjoy our conversation and would like to know more about Faith Echo, please look in the show notes for more information and for the links.